Welcome everybody to Woodwire and Watts. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. I'm Topher. Today we're going to be talking with Eddie Rifkin, maker of the Karen and Ken pedals, about getting into pedal building and running a pedal business. Uh, we'll also touch on some gear news, and of course we have our weekly riff challenge. At the end of the podcast, we'll also have a very special musical guest, Bryce Job uh, of Spill Canvas. Hang on to your seats, this one's going to be a fun one. All right, so uh, we'll touch first, just like last time, on gear news. Uh, so I only had a couple things uh, down this week. No, I have three, actually, but my three. phone's over there. Yeah. Uh, so first thing, the Dunlop Jim Chancellor Crybaby Fuzz Filter and Wah Pedal. You said you looked this up already, right? I was watching some videos today. It looks pretty nasty. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So uh, uh, whole control set down the side, right? Yeah, it looks like you can do them independently, Fuzz or Wah or both, which is cool. And I should be closer to the mic. You know. Yeah. Do you have any commentary on, on, or did you did you happen to see this? No. Okay. I so, got nothing. What is what so is new crybaby wah pedal? Uh, it's from the uh from Jim Chancellor, who's the bass player of Tool. Uh, oh. But it's got a fuzz built into it. I did hear about yes. this. Yes. Yes. He's a he's a guy that likes wah and also like fuzz and octave fuzz. So it seems like this takes the place of at least a couple of them. That's that's handy. That's cool. It almost seemed. I almost had some like synthy kind of sounds when he when you sweep through it with the fuzz on. It's pretty mm. nasty sounding. And the filter, I think you can set with a knob too, if I remember right. Yeah. I didn't look into it too deep. Yeah, yeah, but actually, I'm only a bass player once in a while, but I kind of want to check one out. Yeah, well, I, I I keep hearing like it can be like it's not specifically like EQ'd for bass. I don't think most pedals aren't. That's yeah, like a, yeah, that's enough. a funny. Uh, Myth, yeah, myth know, most style. of the time. Yeah. Well, well, wait, what is it? The uh, pe- like people are wanting the deluxe bass big muff for guitar rigs. Mm. Like that's usually a thing. Like they don't like the regular the regular deluxe. I had a, I had a deluxe bass big muff for a, when I was playing bass with a band, and mm. when I wasn't doing that stuff, I I ran my guitar through it pretty frequently because it sounded mm. really good. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, other thing I had on the list was which I don't remember this being a relatively new pedal. I thought it was I thought it was older, but the bus the boss FZ one W Wazacraft, but I don't know when that actually came it, out. It came out like just in the uh, within the last several weeks, I think. Okay. But the, it was because earlier this week or earlier this year they put out the the, the tone bender the tone bender FZ one or FZ whatever, I don't know what it was, but it was a it was a clone. It was an exact clone of the tone yeah, bender yeah. with like a couple of mods, and but they only made super limited quantities. that were super expensive. Yeah. Now, I, now I, they're like dumb prices. On yeah, them. like a thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. But this I is saw that. this is actually an original fuzz pedal from Boss. Oh, so it's not. Is it not like a clone? Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be their own their own idea of a circuit. Very so cool. I thought the FZ one already existed. Like, wasn't that one of the big like Doomy pedals? That was the FZ two. They didn't. They never so, had an FZ one. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, the the I think FZ two I think is the one that's like was the big whatever one that people like. Yep, yep. Time. So that's the uh, the Behringer has the Super Fuzz, which is based on that. That's mm-hmm. a twenty dollar like the the pink one, the hot pink one. So is that like a a boss case with like it, it's not uh, there's no paint on it? It's like just straight. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. They have a couple metal ones, like uh, like pure metal ones. I think I the, like the look of that. See, I, yeah. I like I like pedals like that. Yeah, the stripped down look. The like the, these look like really raw. good, yeah. Like plus, like bosses cases are like the most built for sure. But yeah, they're hard, they're hard to miss when you're trying to turn them on and off. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that is true. Very much. It's good enough for prints. Uh, did you guys see? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, did you guys see? There's a 
there's a guy, I think he's a Redditor gear ant. He has taken the boss enclosures and put the Proko Rat into it. Yes! Ah. Yeah, and like... Yeah, he's like he's selling them off for like a decent amount, like seventy five bucks. Like it's a decent price. But yeah, custom orders though. That's yeah, awesome. Like, oh, it's tempting. <laughs> so wait, so what's this? It's got a, this little V and M. At the Vintage top. and modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you are you familiar with the Waza series at all? I'm not at all. Okay, so normally Boss is manufactured in Taiwan. Is that right? I want to say. I, I want to say that. Yeah. These are these are actually made in Japan. Yeah. So these are their uh, Wazas are Japanese custom shop, effectively. Okay. So all of the all of the boss Waza stuff is like one. Yes, it's more expensive, but it's also going to be high quality components. It's going to have a few more features. Like I had the CE2W, which I regret selling. That was the best sounding chorus I've ever had. Okay. Oh yeah. But it had the original like CE1 full enclosure mode on it. Yeah, so you get stuff like that. Um they have a tuner too. <laughs> they have a Wazacraft tuner. It yeah. makes you extra in tune. <laughs> yes. It's it's true bypass, I think, is the difference. And it's blue LED. I feel like I feel like the words boss and true bypass aren't supposed to go together. I- <laughs> I can't knock them, but yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this one, I don't know. I, I, I didn't, uh, this one really didn't turn me on that much. I'm, I like fuzz, but that's another one of those things. Like I like other, it. Yeah. I always like when other people play fuzz, but every time I plug into something, I don't like the sound of it. Dude, same. Yeah. Like it's strange. I, I, I love fuzz. I like I, I play yeah. fuzz as often as I can. And, uh, yeah. I love it. Uh, like there are, I can name a number, number of guitarists who I know use fuzz pedal, like exclusively use fuzz pedals, love their sound, but I can't, a I, lot of them, I can't get to do what I want it to do. <laughs> I say, I've, every time I play, I, I, I like, I like them for experimenting and playing around, but like, it's just, it's not part of my sound. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I, I had the, I did like the. It was a fuzz face, the MXR clone. Mm-hmm. I had that one for a little bit. It didn't sound great with the mark, and that might be my problem. Like maybe it's just the amp I use. Mm. Uh, like I didn't like it with the Marshall, but your I know your Princeton's pretty bass heavy, so I wonder if like maybe that fixes some of the problems I hear on like the Marshall. Like I don't know, maybe I I don't I, or maybe you just know how to use them better. <laughs> the, the, my yeah. Princeton's like picky about everything though because it's so bass heavy. Yeah, that's the fair. I could see version. that. I don't know. I mm-hmm. I like. They're like a lot cleaner amps for stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Although Hendrix didn't have a problem with a fuzz face into a Marshall. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot older version though too, right? Like I, I'm sure. guessing MXR probably did something different. So that, that TC electron, the the rusty fuzz, that's the fuzz face, right? Do you know? Hmm? Not 100 percent sure. No. I know they I, they I know they released a bunch of different fuzz pedals, or at least at least two or three. I thought you told me. I thought you one of them's. A, I know they did one that's like a big muffin, one that's a fuzz face. I'm not sure which is which. TC silicon fuzz face is what yeah, it's yep, based yeah. on. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There you go. You're, See, uh, you're correct. I I did like which and I, I think I'm correct because you you're correct because you told me. I, yeah. prob- I probably forgot. That, yeah. <laughs> and I did like my. I shouldn't have got rid of that Behringer Super Fuzz. I did like it. I just wasn't. I wasn't using it enough outside of you know playing in mm-hmm. here and then when i tried to use it anywhere else like i'd either get lost in the mix and it would you couldn't hear anything so eh, i would get one of those again though they're they're still like 20 bucks yep good, uh, good cheap pedal uh yeah yeah true 
so the last thing I had, I didn't get a chance to add it to our list. Okay. Um, but, and you probably will not be, will not be into it. Um, Hotone, Hot One, Hotone, whatever it is, H-O-T-O-N-E. Yeah. That company uh, has released a, I just saw this today, released a HX Stomp clone. Like, like it, it's... Is that, is that new? Yeah, I thought so. Uh, it, or maybe it's a version two. Didn't they have like a? Um, didn't they have an Ampero before? Yeah. So this is the Ampero two. I I thought it was new. Maybe maybe I'm behind on I my. Seen, I haven't. I didn't know they knew, did a new version. Yeah, Ampero two Stomp is what, and it looks like it looks like a cross between the the HX and oh, what's the one that has? That like, does kind of look like it. The there's like that twelve hundred dollar multi effects unit that has the touchscreen. Oh, yeah, uh, from not from Line Six, from, um, uh, from a Head Rush. Head Rush, yeah. yes. So it looks yeah, like it comes. Like, it kind of looks like the Head Rush. Like I feel like if this was like a hundred dollars cheaper, it would be because it's five. It's four ninety nine. Like still, still cheaper than most of them. Yes, it's cheaper than like if that's what it's supposed to be as an HX clone. Like it is significantly cheaper <laughs> by at least two hundred dollars. I've only had I've only had like a couple of um, Ho Tone pedals. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I had the had their. It was the little like amp in a box. I can't remember what the name of it was. All it did was simulate amps had no extra effects. Or oh, uh, binary amp. Yeah, I had a yep. binary amp, and that was kind of meh. Yeah, know. it was fine. I, it sounded okay, but it was noisy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, in my opinion. So let's pretend there's a guy who doesn't know anything about any of this stuff. Uh, <laughs> did you want to? Did you want to join the talk? Yeah. What? What does this thing do? What is <laughs> okay. This, this, this is like your amp and your pedal board all in a little box, Ooh. but with no actual amplification. So, yeah. So this is everything. So not just a multi effects unit, amp in a box. It's um, an amp too. Okay. Do you know? Do you know I mean, what it doesn't a, make things louder? No, it doesn't. But, but it, it sounds like an amp. If you plug it into a PA, that's all you need is your guitar into this into a PA. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, do you know what IRs are? Impulse responses? Not at all. Okay. So they're super cool. Like this. Is, so this is the tech nerd in me. So what they do. Oh, no. it, yes. Okay. They take. Enlighten us. Yes. They take. <laughs> And Adam will correct me as I go and get too excited about it. So <laughs> you're, probably, they, you're probably more uh, knowledgeable in this area. They take a cab, like a cab or amplifier, usually just a cab. Okay. And through it, they play an impulse sound. Generally, it's like a, it's white noise or pink noise, technically, which is full spectrum noise. It, we can. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. getting too technical. Sounds good. They play sound through it and capture it with a microphone in the room. And you can use that sound to emulate the sound of the actual cabinet. So I can go out and get like a Vox AC30 uh, like cab IR mm-hmm. and put it into this thing. Ooh. And what's cool is you can also do it by cab. So if like you and I both have different cabs or like similar cabs and you just happens to be like yours is made of pine, mine's made of maple, you like the sound of yours better. You can make your own with that and then take it with you. That's so you great. can actually have your own cab sound anywhere. Without actually having my cab. Okay, yes. Cool. The other thing is when you buy these IR files, they are dirt cheap. Like I bought 15 of them from Celestion for eight dollars <laughs> yeah it's a, a lot cheaper than a new 412 yes it is and so you can get like and, and it's not just this that does it like the hotone omni ir is 60 dollars, and that'll do it and that's pretty good 
but you can like load up like whichever impulse you want. So if you have a preamp, like you have a Vox preamp, a Marshall preamp pedal on your board, and you wanted to like switch between those two preamps and have a nice cab impulse, you can have all that and you don't have to haul around your cab. You just have to plug it right in your PA okay. or use it for recording. That'd be cool. So that's what I do usually is I have a real good Marshall 4x12 um, uh, 4x12 IR. And then I also have Ola England's, um, he's a YouTuber, uh, does metal stuff. Uh, he uh, he released a 212 Heisu. And I use those two constantly along with um, Fluff from Rift Beards and Gear. He did an amp sim with ML Sound Labs. So it's a Friedman friedman amp head into one of those two irs and that's how i get like the the sound i get for uh well when we did last play home stuff dude gears come so so yes. so far yes <laughs> so those irs were originally supposed to be reverb actually is what they made it for so they were originally wanted to do it you could and you can buy these you can go in and get like ir reverb irs of like uh, concert halls like they, they sell it from uh, what's the big one like Prague the Prague Opera Hall okay cool Prague Opera House or you can get like uh, the Sistine Chapel <laughs> as a reverb and then you can load that into your like pedal and then use it as your reverb unit <laughs> yeah it's it's the coolest thing yeah did I miss anything no <laughs> okay. that, was, that, those, that was a lot of words was I'm sorry it was, it was, I, it was, I, I understand how it works but I, I'm not uh, I don't. I don't. They're super, super into the stuff. So. There's math. Is it? And I, I, I don't know the math I ab- to it. I appreciate it. It's right. not. It's not something I think I would ever. Yeah, I, I would never use the reverbs for sure, but I like the fact that it exists. You yeah, know what I, I mean? I, yeah, I, I like. I would I like, like to mix exists. something in the like that sounds like yes. it's in the Sixteen Chapel. That'd be cool. Yes, that would be 16. cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> not the, the not, sixteen candle not words. The, not the fifteenth chapel with the sixteenth one. Yeah, the, six, <laughs> the sixteenth. It's been a very long day. Moving right along. This week's original riff challenge introduced by Adam. This week's original riff challenge. What if Tony Iomi found our Lord Jesus? <laughs> oh God! And started playing CCM. I'm playing mine first this week because it's bad. Ready? This was literally supposed to be Tony Yomi (laughs) did too many drugs and forgot which band he was playing with. (laughs) Let's be clear. I understand who Tony Iommi is, but I don't know what CCM is. Oh, contemporary. Christian contemporary music? Oh, okay. (laughs) Yes. Okay. What what happens if he got pulled into Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That that felt like a mellow, like, that was like a mellow, like, funk groove underneath like a slow jam i i was thinking like gospel r&b uh, yeah uh-huh i'll preface mine with <laughs> i had to listen to a couple cuts of ccm because i had no idea what it was supposed <laughs> to sound like you uh <laughs> I, I, I mean, my only reference was like faith plus one from south park <laughs> Oh, that's 
It's not a good reference. It's about spot on, though. It honestly is spot on. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, Adam, this is your play. As the kids I, would I, say, I didn't have a lot of time. That slaps. <laughs> no, I that that actually sounds more like, like yeah, I, I would expect to hear that on the the local like Jesus radio station. Yeah, sweet. I'm, I dig yeah. it. Yeah, I, I, I was I was like I don't know how to make it, Tony. I was, I was like, well, we'll put a diminished fifth I, at the end. <laughs> I mean this with love because I I respect the hell out of Tony Yomi. Okay. I think you were a little too complicated for his playing. <laughs> I, I, I understand that, like, you know, like, he actually, he's a great guitar player, but, but I rhythmically and like, I, I realize it's, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like Jimmy Page was a great guitar player, mm-hmm. but like, they're great in that way. That's just a, there's a little bit of slop here and there. It's yeah. just not always. Right. Yeah. It's not always just mm-hmm. clean and precise. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fair I, enough. I, but I mean, I'm not. That that's that's all all I do is for playing. <laughs> it's all slop. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Just uh, add more reverb and delay. Right, boy. Who wins? I'm giving it to Adam this time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't I don't know though that it's because that it's with the Iomi sound, but it definitely matched the style to me and yeah, the style yeah. that I just uh, learned. You were, all right, well, that was something. <laughs> hey, everybody. We're being joined right now by Eddie Rifkin. Uh, he is a, uh, a maker of some fine guitar pedals. Uh, if you have seen the, the Karen, then you, then you know who we're talking to. Uh, so, uh, Eddie, uh, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Awesome. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, uh, let's, let's just get it head, uh, head start here and say, uh, you know, how did you get interested in building guitar pedals and, and like, what was the first thing you ever did? Um, I got into guitar pedals in general, like three years ago before that, like I've been playing for a long time, but I had this multiprocessor since like the late nineties and it is 100% held me off. So now I'm kind of like regressing here and going analog and modular. Uh, but it was not long until I got, it was not long after I got my first fuzz pedal and after I uh, got my first kit that I was like, oh my God, I love this. I've been an, an artist and a musician for a long time, but I've never really felt as much ownership as I did when I like built that first circuit. It was like, holy shit, this is a real fuzz pedal. Uh, it's the little things sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. Had you done like uh, like a lot of like electronics related stuff or did you just dive in? No, I really just dove in. It was a hot mess. Uh, <laughs> I found some really cool, like a little bit old, but some really cool instructions from a guy named Joe Gore online. There's this old website called the tonefiend.com. 
And he's got all these step-by-step instructions for like building your own basic guitar pedals. And um, he's always like, here's my soldering, please do better. But like he designs really cool circuits and then has some people build them. Um, and so I went along with it. I, I started uh, building like the Bass, Baz Fuss, uh, which is like a common basic circuit, the Electra Distortion, which is what led me back to the Karen because that's what that's based off of. Uh, and yeah, that really got me into it. As soon as like, as soon as I just had a few of these under my belt, I, like I knew this was just another form of my art and I was totally going for it. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> uh, so 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 you went from so i think you just kind of told us you know pretty soon after but like how did you go i built a kit you know or built some some pedal schematics i found too i think i'm gonna start kind of my own pedal brand and or you know I'm gonna start launching my own my own thing uh it was surprisingly early um you know i think that when i first when I first made this like bizarre jump into fuzz pedals, uh, it was just because I saw a demo that made me appreciate them in the same way I might appreciate, say, a brush stroke, something I'm used to paying attention to, where you can put so much detail into a really simple thing like a fuzz circuit. Anybody that's played one knows what I mean. They're kind of simple, but like you can get vast amounts of different tones, some of which are like beautifully hard to control. Uh, so for me, it was really something I could relate to just like that. And, you know, it was with art and music. I'm very self-indulgent. I always have been uh, basically funding it all my life through day jobs because I refuse to bend. <laughs> um, and anybody that wants to see what I mean can find my stuff at Bandcamp. God help you all. Um, but Eddie Rifkin, it's like all the same spelling. If you want to find anything of mine, it's my name dot whatever, or my name at whatever site, Instagram, Bandcamp, SoundCloud. That's for the really brave listeners. Uh, we'll make it easy for everybody. We'll, 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 we'll put some yeah. links in here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Thank you guys. But like, uh, yeah, so, it so I've been doing all this stuff, but, uh, I never really, found any kind of way that I was comfortable with marketing. And, and I think that's what pedals did for me. They immediately put me in a place where I can have a foothold. I saw the market as it was. It was really interesting to see all the independent builders on Reverb. Uh, and so I found a, a, a way to put my foot in the door. I was like, you know, what if somebody did one of these? Or what if somebody tried that? Just a really simple thing that felt intuitive that I liked playing through when I designed it. I felt that ownership over it. It was easy to move forward. It was nice, you know, and when every time you sell something, even at cost, that's an incredible reward. And it's incredibly validating, especially if you're a crazy artist, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, I, I am curious then, uh, the uh, with the names, like uh, I know the Karen, and then uh, I've seen, uh, images and things recently with the Ken pedal. Uh, <laughs> where do you where do you come up with ideas like that? Like as far as as far as how you name everything and, and art and all that. You know, it's funny. Uh, when I was doing mostly music a long time ago, one of my bandmates told me, Eddie, you should really put some humor 
into your work. You, you're always such a wacky guy. And I'm like, no, I'm dark and my, my art is serious and that's not going to happen. <laughs> and these days I'm like, I can't not put the silliness into my art. It's like, it, and it doesn't have to be any less dark or weird or honest, but the humor, it just lives there naturally. And so with the Karen thing, um, I think it's just the timing, the accumulation of all the crazy shit that I saw uh, online that we all saw. I remember when Barbecue Becky happened, I was working just outside of that area. So like everybody was talking about it. So there's some real classics. And, you know, all it, I think it was just the time that I jumped on Instagram and the kind of coincidence that I saw. There were also other people that clearly embraced it, like Chibson, and, which is like the, I guess the, Yep. what would you call it the mad magazine of like guitar gear memes it's so good it's perfect description. Yeah. <laughs> um so i saw I, I guess i kind of felt like the stage was set and what the hell was i gonna do and like one day it just hit me because the electro distortion as i said which i decided to revisit well there there was a clone of the e QD speaker cranker, which is an electro distortion. And it was called uh, the cranky speaker. It was like a little PCB that I purchased and I, I, and I loved it. It was really kind of an ingenious little circuit the way they designed it. And so then it hit me because the word speaker was in all these things. And of course, Karen memes were like everywhere. They're like, cut me. there's one now. Uh, and like, I swear to God, and it just hit me, speaker manager. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, the question being, does it work as a pedal? But obviously, I, I, at that point, I was committed enough to make sure it worked as a pedal. I looked for like a half year for a good tone stack. Like I was going to make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh as far as all the stuff that came after it like the ken i had no particular plans but there were so many responses and there are a whole bunch of buyers that were like so are you going to do a ken pedal somebody wants me to do a barbecue becky wah pedal like wow they're barbecuing that's going to be <laughs> profound i cannot wait for that um and i have never built a wah so i'm going to buy and modify a dunlop and do do like a charcoal switch with unauthorized and authorized like, so <laughs> we'll see. Yes. Oh, um so it writes itself a lot of this feedback is giving me what i need for more <laughs> i know i know we gotta save some money for a wall pedal yeah sure. exactly <laughs> uh, so, uh so knowing that like you kind of said you've really only been into pedals for a few years which are, that's that's insane that you've gotten to go down such a journey but uh in that time is there do you have some like guitar pedal that is like kind of your your holy grail or your favorite or you've been like this is the best thing i've ever heard and if you want three of them i think i can probably name three but okay like honestly i'm a bit of a i'm a bit of a hoarder when it comes to guitar pedals which is also i love you sorry honey so, yeah see so <laughs> certain things are are gonna end uh or be sold on reverb but it's been an awesome and you know like you have to buy a lot to to learn about them especially if you're new you're going to be like oh you know what i can do it's like yeah that's called a phase 90 um so it, i've been buying a lot of pedals and one of them is the phase 90 that's one of my three favorites that thing is just delicious it's like weird sort of tube screamery style phaser it just pushes like all your game stages so nicely 
it's it's meaty it's got that meaty sound uh number two is a triangle big muff that is like the best damn distortion pedal ever and i know earthquaker just is it was it earthquaker they just did a hizumitas which yeah. is basically a triangle big muff uh and i was like yep that sounds just as awesome as, as i remember it um that's amazing i have one on my board now and i'm just like rediscovering it every time i uh number three is the Bosch digital delay i have played not a ton of crazy expensive uh delay pedals but i've seen a whole lot of demos and um you know it it gets pretty out there but whenever whenever it, it just it comes to really being inspired by a pedal every time i turn that thing on like i i lose hours and it's a great sounding uh usable pedal and what i mean by that boss digital delay is kind of every one they've done i haven't tried the eight yet but it's the the way they approach it it's phenomenal and like i i have been thrown out of guitar stores <laughs> i have the eight those are my eight, by the three way. Huh? You need, i have the eight you need to get it it's it's so good yeah. it's so good oh. <laughs> very much looking forward to it uh it lets me, you know what it lets me do. It let me recreate some of the coolest intros that I've heard, like particularly this one on the David Bowie thing where they use the glitch mode, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's that I can. And so yeah, I've lost about a day playing with that. Uh, so there you go. Now I'm done. Signals that make you lose track of time that you know you're on the right path. Yeah, Without a doubt, and that's like the non-self-serving answer because in truth, like. I did design my pedals to be kind of to my own personal taste, you know? So I could say, well, the Karen and the Satellite of Fuzz are best ones out there. Well, they might be for me, I don't know, but. The Karen, like, uh, you know, uh, being being a, a user of the Karen myself now, uh, I, I found that it works really well before and after like all kinds of different gain pedals. So, you know, I, I would say you did a, did a great job with it. Thank you very much. It was important to me that it was actually not just a meme. <laughs> like, because as it comes and goes, as the meme life cycle happens, you want to have like some, like an actual usable product after like that Karen thing goes away. And for me with this pedal, it's like, it's been a very large arc and now it's dying off kind of naturally without any help by itself. Yeah, and I think you the, the you putting in that really uh, that really usable uh, tone stack in there that you could switch in and out makes it makes you you know you're able to place it in a lot of different spots because of that, which is which is cool. Uh, Very cool. Uh, so, are there like any specific hurdles uh, that you've the you've come across in building thing in building the pedals like things that you didn't expect and uh you know ways you got through them oh yeah uh there were a lot of things i i didn't plan for and i kind of knew that would happen but didn't know what they were until they happened one of the big mistakes was taking too many orders uh with the same uh timetable uh, and it, so i got really backed up at the beginning uh, I have never had the plan for mass production like that. Uh, I've been building them in my home, you know, one at a time, which is like kind of what is to be expected. 
Uh, and then all of a sudden I had like, you know, I don't want to brag, but like a lot of freaking Karen orders. And I had to just like take care of these customers. And some of them did come out late because uh, I was positive that I would get them out at a certain date. And then three things that I couldn't have guessed happened on the way to that date. And I was like, well, shit, uh, I have to contact everybody with a new date. One of my favorites was like, right after I designed this thing, uh, they discontinued those concentric knobs. It was in silver. Only 13 of those were made and Small Bear discontinued them. Oh no. Nobody on the planet seems to have these things. I contacted people that I thought actually made these things and they were like, okay, can you send us the technical drawings? And I was like, I, this is way above my pay grade right now. Like, um, <laughs> You know, and I tried, I really tried, but I think I was being stonewalled by people that were trying to see if I was serious or if I had a lot of money. I don't know. I don't know enough about the industry, but I guarantee you I'll find out. Um, but so yeah, I had to contact, I had to contact 27 buyers and ask them if black knobs were okay after they paid me. They were cool with it, but still. So like just little things like that. Uh, uh, but definitely a lot of them, I, I had to contact people multiple times and be like, uh, and give them a new uh, finish date for their pedal. Big, and that was based on um, simply having a format in which I kept taking the same order, same order, same order. And uh, like my estimates for building time were off. Now they're not going to be. But yeah, I learned my lesson right around June and July and a little bit before that, as some people may remember. Uh, and uh, Sorry if and I like, I felt, hmm? said, sorry if I asked you a couple of times about my pedal order. <laughs> no, dude, like a lot of people were very patient with me. Uh, and I've seen, you know, I feel better when I see other builders going through the same thing, especially now with crazy like supply chain problems. Uh, the best thing to do is, you know, whatever happens, be honest with your peeps, be honest with your followers, let everybody know what's going on uh, and take care of them. Like one thing I'm in a position to do as an independent builder is like really make sure that 100% of my buyers are completely happy or perfectly well addressed. I can personally reach out to them and make sure of that. And maybe like major companies, don't have the resources or perhaps don't trust enough people to do that but um you know i hope i can build a foundation like that and just somehow keep that going yeah that's uh that's it seems like you're uh you're getting things under control i mean man, I, that's that's impressive you're doing all those things on your on your own you're do, are you you're doing the um the art on the pedal casings as well as manufacturing you're basically just doing all of it right yes uh i do like collaborations i will say and ken is a partial collaboration which i'll get to in a sec there i am making everything for the karen myself except there's one thing which i don't have a setup for uh etching the circuit boards and i'm having another builder i know etch them from my design so I'm paying another independent builder a little bit off of everyone. And I hope that kind of keeps going around. The same thing with the Ken. Uh, the Ken was, the joke came first. 
And therefore, when I knew what kind of circuit I wanted, I realized that there was a person who was building a really superior version of this. And so I, I just licensed it. I was like, can I build one of those and call it the Ken? And he's like, yes, you may. <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, you can pay people a cut for every one that you sell and like kind of hope that a rising tide lifts more than just your own boat. But that's, yeah, so like I'm paying one person to do the circuit board. I'm, uh, I'm paying another person for the design of the circuit, which now I'm building for the Ken dual booster. Uh, and I love collaboration. Some of my best stuff has come out that way. Uh, and I expect that to continue. So mostly me, a little bit of collaboration. That's, a, that's, that's cool. It's a, a kind of a, a little bit of a community thing. Uh, There's a huge community. That's one of the things that really struck me. Like it wasn't just listings on Reverb. There's an amazing, including all of you guys, like there's an amazing group of people. And I hate to say it for me, Instagram and YouTube, uh, two of the devil's machineries uh, have brought us all together. <laughs> So if someone is interested in building guitar pedals, uh, what would you, what would be your, your first piece of advice to someone go, that has never done anything like that before? You know, maybe they have a few, but they're just like, you know, I'm going to try building something. There's an insane amount of knowledge out there and it's not easy to know where to start. So wherever you start, learn to solder and do it well. If you practice your soldering, that is the physical backbone of everything you do. And the better your technique is, it's like if you're a musician practicing your fundamental timing, practicing the micro patterns, if you're alternate picking, knowing scales, listen, practicing listening, all the really bedrock stuff. Soldering is one of those. If so, no matter what you do, look for information on soldering on YouTube, get the right kind of tools, uh, and you will save yourself hundreds of hours of what most of us have gone through. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Always go back to your soldering tech. I, I have a few cabs from when I, the first times I put in speakers and it's, it's pretty horrible to look at. It's <laughs> a lot of solder. What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, it worked. It, I know it worked because damn it, <laughs> I was there, but yeah. <laughs> If you ever go back and like just like joyfully fix some of your old work, man. I want to use that again, but I don't think it's going to make it through a show. Yeah, it's going to it's going to fall apart. Right. <laughs> rip out wiring harnesses. Yeah. yeah, nope. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of do-it-yourselfers at the table. Yeah. So. Uh, mm -hmm. We've so, been through it. Uh, true. So uh, getting towards the end here, but uh, so for, for anybody listening to the show today or well, when we post the show, mm -hmm. yep. Uh, <laughs> if they're interested in picking up a Karen or the Ken when that is available, uh, where, where would you like us to send them? Uh, you can follow all the Instagram updates about Ken and basically all the latest stuff I do, Eddie Rifkin at Instagram. Uh, and then all my stuff is being sold on Reverb.com right now. Also, you can look up Eddie Rifkin Defects. And you can look up the Karen pedal. You will find that and an insanely expensive Vemuram overdrive. <laughs> anyway. 
they called it the Karen. It came out like years ago. They totally missed the boat on this. Oh, movie. I saw that when it was, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's great, but again, it's like a little bit out of my price range. Thanks well, for joining us today, Eddie. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Have a good one, man. We'll uh, we'll let you know when this comes out. Right. Don't use that tone with me. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. All right. So next up is our interview with Bryce Job from Spill Canvas. I'm here with uh, Bryce at Spill Canvas. We're gonna ask you a few questions. What inspired you to first start playing and making music? And who has been your biggest influence? Sure. Um, I don't know if anything really inspired me to start. It's just something I always wanted to do since I was a little kid. I was always playing around in pots and pans, and my mom finally got me a drum set when I was like three or four. And I would just watch TV and try to learn basically from whoever was playing on the TV. So, you know, I listen to all kinds of stuff from like classic rock to country to blues and jazz. And just absolutely play jazz stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what about uh, you just had how long did you call it? Yeah, year and eight months. How how's that been starting a, a family and then also balancing like touring and recording? Sure. sure. So I mean, I guess I was blessed in a way when COVID hit um, that I didn't have anything to do. So my daughter being born, I was just home and was able to be around. Um, obviously now that's a little different with us being on the road. This is my first tour being away from her so it's been really tough but I'm really stoked that facetime is a thing and keep in touch every day that way but it's definitely a lot tougher than any other tours have been on me emotionally that's for sure so do you guys record in a studio and then like, like send each other and send you ideas back and forth sure sure so how we kind of demo stuff is we'll all like send each other ideas since we all live remote or we'll take like a little snippet of an idea Nick has and then we'll all kind of work on it separately. And then once we get together in the studio, we'll like kind of pre-produce everything and work all the parts out and that thing. Separate track it all for the most part though. That way you can get real clean sounds and change things out if you need to. So do you have a, uh, a go-to snare or go-to snare right now on this tour i just got a new vertical drums it's a seamless brass patinaed it's it's been insane otherwise i switch out with the usa bronze from Gretsch. a little bit different versatilities and sounds kind of depends on the room those are probably my go-to's what about with symbols? Symbols. I love Zildjian. I use Zildjian religiously. Um, I've been playing the Avidus series for a while, probably like four years now. And I just tracked a crash, so I've been trying out the the new uh, the special K crashes and that kind of stuff. So I think that series is kind of going to be what I go to after I track the rest of these. <laughs> Unless they start giving them to me for free, then I can try all kinds of stuff. <laughs> so do you have any tips for musicians who want to start touring? You want to start touring? I'd say your biggest thing to start is working in your area and regionally to kind of establish a you know a grassroots fan base that will hopefully, you know, give you a little bit more leverage when it comes to like 
booking a support tour, that kind of thing. Because not everyone has the money to buy onto a tour. You know, not everyone has just the means of like an agent to get them on a good tour. But if you have a regional draw, um, it's definitely more noticeable for a band coming through like, oh, these guys are doing really well up in the upper Midwest. Bring them along for this string of shows. If they draw well, you know, go, we do another thing. It's just okay. really got to establish that local base and, and then kind of branch out from there. And I feel like eventually once you get enough of a following, then, you know, those those phone calls start coming for you. Cool. All right. So like, this one isn't really music based. It's more of a, we've been around a lot of different places. Where's the best place to eat? Ooh, the best place to eat. I mean, it kind of depends on the cuisine you're into. But I feel like when you're in different areas of the country, you got to kind of go with what's better. Like we've just been up in the Northeast a lot. So we've been eating like a lot of pizzas and like pastas and good like Italian food. When we go down South, I like ribs and like getting all that kind of stuff. Um, the best place to eat is probably Memphis, man. They got just incredible ribs, uh, incredible food. I'm all about that stuff. <laughs> Uh, one last one for you. Is there anything you'd like to plug or shout out? Plug or shout out. We got a new album, Conduit. I mean, came out in March. Been pushing that hard. We got leg two of this tour coming in February. Hasn't, hasn't announced yet, but but it will be soon. Um, a lot of things in the work. It's going to be a busy year for us. So, yeah, well, stay posted. Bryce, we appreciate you having uh, being on the podcast. Yes, not a problem. Uh, check out Skill That's time this week, everybody. Next week, we'll be interviewing Dan Keneally about running a recording studio, and we'll be featuring music from the band Sparkle Teeth. Uh, thanks for joining us on Woodwire and Watts. Until next time, tune up, crank the volume, and let it rip.